Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne. Thanks so much for uh, taking your time today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Most welcome. So Tom um, focuses on uh, leadership, but uh, more from the perspective of an emerging leader and someone uh, that's either maybe been frontline and is developing uh, leadership skills, wanting to develop leadership skills. Um, or is already an aspiring leader and just wants to get better. Uh, I, and I would say that that organizationally is probably one of the toughest um, areas in organizations for middle managers because we rely so heavily on them. So Tom, um, tell us a little bit about uh, kind of what got you on this trajectory to, to help uh, senior managers uh, get better leadership. Tell us a little bit about your story. Um, well, I've been in, in a leadership position, like a sort of middle management leadership position myself since 2009. Uh, I've been working in the rail industry since 2005. Um, and I've worked with a lot of different managers from different parts of the United Kingdom. So I've worked in Liverpool, in Scotland, uh, in Edinburgh and Glasgow, and also now in London for six years. And the middle management level is where I've sort of been at for the last sort of um, maybe 10 to 12 years. And what I've seen is it's not, when, when a lot of managers, when they get to sort of middle management level, they think that that's it, that's what makes them a leader. When it, and they don't need any more leadership training or any more leadership skills. When actually, no, when you get to the management and supervisory level, that's the beginning. That's when you should start your leadership training, your leadership development and your leadership journey. It's not the end, it's the beginning. And I've seen it too too often with, with, with middle managers is that they don't have leadership skills that service their people. They, they, don't, they don't think serving their people is what leadership is about. They think it's the other way around, where it's like the people should be serving them, the leader. Um, and in, especially within the engineering industry part of the, of the rail industry where I'm from, um, it's very much male-dominated industry, and, and it's very dictatorish, dictatorship-style leadership rather than you know um, service-provided leadership. So the the reason that I wrote the book is to try and help these type these these levels of leaders or managers to change their way of thinking and to basically lead their people better and treat their people better to. Um, realize that is it is actually their responsibility to grow and develop their people. It's not the, it's not the responsibility of the team to serve them. If you know what I mean. Do you think it's because the industry that you're in, Tom, um, is a very technical? I would say some elements of in engineering, and I've worked in my consulting role on the psychological ends with uh, engineering firms that it's because they're, they're technically driven. It's kind of, you know, um, not that you don't need people skills, you absolutely do, but your go-to or maybe p potentially people that are 
attracted or fitted to those organizations are more what I would say probably left brainers, less likely to be as connected to the soft skills of communication. Would you say that's a fair um, kind of um, statement about uh, engineering or engineering kind of environments? Yeah, definitely. Because what normally happens is you have your team of engineers and then you have like say your best engineer and what usually happens with your best engineer is he or she is the one who gets promoted to the manager's job when it becomes available mm -hmm. but the difference is being an engineer and being a, being a manager and a leader are completely different you know because you're the best engineer that doesn't make you that won't make you the best leader or best manager because when you get to management level or leadership level your business isn't engineering anymore it's people you're in right. the business. You're not. You're not in engineering anymore. Your 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 business is about people, and it's the same in any industry. Like it, it, you could be in the fashion industry, and you could be you know brilliant at making clothes. Yes. But if you get put, promoted to a leadership role, then your job isn't about making clothes anymore. It's about people, and that's what managers don't don't sort of take on board. Is that their priority is still you know. Get, getting the, the job done, getting the, the results at the end of the month or getting the business growth or, or something like that. When actually, no, your job is people growth, is, you know, people development. It's, you know, developing new leaders is your role. It's not about getting the job done anymore. But that's what these managers, they don't sort of grasp that when they take on the new role. So they don't delineate what happens, unfortunately, in most firms, and I would say, um, regardless of skill, they look at um, who's, who's kind of done well on projects, for instance, in engineering or uh, different kinds of environments. But sometimes those people, they'd be good at the actual technical skill of the job, but they're not, they have limited capacity and sometimes limited ability. And we could talk more about that to be able to connect with people. And what we know with leadership is, um, you know, we want to be led, all of us, regardless, right? We spend so much time, you know, maybe we used to be able to say at work versus home, but we're, even if we're home, we're still working a lot and we want to be connected to the people that we work with. But if we have a leader that is disconnected, um, oftentimes I think you get, I would say it's probably 65 to 75% productivity with someone just because they have the skill. But if they're connected, you do get higher uh, levels of productivity. Absolutely. Would you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're, I mean, there's a difference between, you know, following a manager and following a leader. You, you, you follow a manager because you have to, you know, he or she is in the management position and you have to follow them because, you know, that's how you get paid at the end of the month or that's how you, you know, keep your job. But with a leader, you follow a leader because you want to. There's a huge right. difference between having to follow a leader and wanting to. Like, when you want to follow a leader, you're following a role model. You're following someone you aspire to to be someone who you aspire to maybe replace their position one day because you want that you you want to have the same influence on your your people as they have on you you know so, so they're inspiring you to to become a better person it's not just about being good at the job or becoming better at the job it's about living a better life it's about you know because as you as you just well said before you know there isn't there's a, you know the professional life and personal life but if in your prof professional life if you're having a bad day it, it interferes and interacts and influences your personal life because if you had a bad day at work because you had 
running with your boss or mm-hmm. you have a, a, a poor experience with your boss. When you go home, you know, you don't just flick a switch and, you know, it all, you, you're totally happy again. It's, it's still going to be on the back of your mind. You're still going to be thinking about it. So it does, in, you know, it, it will influence your behavior at home. So that's, the, so leadership in the job, it goes far beyond the job. So that, that's what my, my book manages to lead us about is going beyond the position. It's about, you know, how, how you sort of not just develop your people to be better at the job, but to live better lives. So you talk a lot about influence and I, I want to ask you two questions. First of all, you, I think you articulated it, but I wanted you to kind of, so a manager, what is the difference between a manager and a leader and the skills associated with a manager versus a leader? Well, a manager manages like processes, policies, procedures, admin things, you know, like they manage things like manage time, you manage, you know, sort of material things, whereas leader, a leader influences and leads people. So the difference between a manager and a leader is people and things. So because you, in the workplace, you do, you hear a lot about, you know, people, managers managing people you know you don't manage people that's what that's what creates toxic cultures that's what creates you know um poor performance in teams because you people are being managed rather than led and inspired and motivated so that's the difference is it's, it's one one person influences and leads people and one manages and manages processes things and policies and procedures Mm-hmm. So I see the difference between management and leadership. Oh, absolutely. And I think uh, that's that really makes sense, right? Because I think, unfortunately, and when we talk about micromanaging, that whole concept comes up, right? Like, yeah. who wants to be micromanaged? Like, I'm a, you know, a psychotherapist. I was a, uh, you know, an executive for years, and I managed, you know, quite a big portfolio. But oftentimes, I would get micromanaged by uh, my senior leadership team based on my portfolio. And I'd be like, okay, well, you hired me for this capacity. Obviously, I'm bringing the skill set, but then you're still micromanaging me, which was a really, really good way to demotivate me because I, you know, I didn't feel good about the management I was having. But the leaders that were inspiring to me or influential to your point with your book, those are the ones um, I wanted to work really, really hard for because regard, I knew what I was doing, um, mm-hmm. but because I wanted to make sure that they um, were happy with my performance and... Um, my relationship with, with them was important, Tom. I worked that much harder. Exactly. That's, that's the difference is like when you're inspired by, by a leader, you do, you want to work your best for them. You want to give your best. Whereas when you micromanage, I mean, I've been micromanaged numerous times by different managers. And, and the biggest thing that I feel when I feel micromanaged is they don't trust me to do the job. They're on my back because, because of a lack of trust. It's like, well, what is, what is it that I've done that's made you not trust me? You know, why do they not bring that up with me? Instead of right, doing- so if you've not had a performance issue, it's not, it's, it's not related to performance, where is this lack of trust coming from, right? Like, I mean, and that's hard. I, I remember in different environments myself, I've also, you know, been a leader in, in various roles. And I was really aware that what people needed to know is that they needed to experience me as a person uh, you know, not that they need to know all the nuances of me, but if they could relate to me, um, then we were able to kind of connect and then jobs got done. If someone was disconnected, 
you could see the difference. It's almost like a bit of a pull and pull and tug, you know, to kind of, you know, create that energy to have a workflow kind of um, seamless. Whereas if I was connected to someone, it was, it was quite easy to do. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, when I say like, no lack of trust, I mean, the reason that the, the people micromanage as well, or the, one of the main reasons people micromanage is because they're insecure within themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't trust themselves either. They don't trust themselves to give their power away. You know, so like, I mean, that's what empower means is to give your power away. So if you, if you can't trust yourself to give your power to someone else, then that's where the micromanagement comes from because you're not, um, you, you're not sort of letting your pers letting your team uh, perform because of your own lack of ability or, or your own lack of self-belief or your own lack of trust within yourself. So it all, it all starts from yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, my new book, which is coming out not too long from now, Tom, probably about two months, it, yep. it's, you know, we, it's about, you know, authentic heart leadership, right? Because mm. really, if we look at it, and if we look at someone that's aware, you know, why did you get into leading? What's your, what's your story? What values do you bring? If I know that, and I bring that to the, to the environment, I'm bringing my whole self. But if I kind of, to your point, I'm, you know, unable to let go of control or have fears within myself that translates out into how I connect with others and then in turn how I lead so yeah. you know so that's such a, a vital vital thing for that awareness for people that like you said people that want to lead right where and and be influential if, if I trust you and I like what I see I'm going to follow you <laughs> but if I'm kind of uncertain I'm going to be thinking oh I'm not so sure I'm going to do this right yeah, exactly. And people who, who follow managers because they have to, what you what you know, what you see in the workplace or what I've seen is people will give the minimal effort that they can just to get the job done. Absolutely. Just to get to the end of the eight hours of, of the day and then and go home. Getting through a day. <laughs> yeah, I hear exactly. that. I hear oh, I'm just gonna get through the day. I'm gonna get through the quarter. I'm gonna do what I gotta do. Now exactly. let's talk a little bit about um this time, right? Because you know, we're talking about trust, right? And I, you know, maybe in, maybe in London, where you are, um, different environments here in North America had to quote unquote pivot and go virtual, right? So here you go from what, what I would call in my time in corporate FaceTime, which meant I know what you're up to, uh, to other than Zoom or Teams or whatever, um, I now have to completely explicitly trust you in every way because now we're at home yeah, so what yeah. did you find in the workplace around um companies being able to um i'm going to use the word lead because i'm going to say that a lot of them probably initially managed well at the very beginning um like say in, when, when we went into lockdown in march last like a year ago at the very very beginning we were asked to put a daily plan together of everything that we were doing like absolutely every single task. And I, I'm, a, I'm a leader of nine people. Mm. So I was going, I had to go to my team and say to them, you know, I need a plan from you every single day of what you're doing. I didn't want to myself. I didn't, I mean, after the first week of that happening, I said to them, right, scrap the plans. I'm not doing this anymore. The, the, you, them putting a plan together every single day will take them an hour a day. So that's an hour, just, just putting a plan together that, that no one needs. But the reason that my leaders are asking for it is because, it, as you say, they were, they were micromanagers and, and they didn't trust us. But after a while, 
what I found was when I, you know, once I um, spoke with these leaders and sort of um, led led them in a way, I, I I was sort of giving them the message that you know it, it, the more you do this, the more people are going to get upset about it, and the lack and and the and the the, the less productivity you're going to see, especially with with now we're working from home, whereas you know the perception is productivity will go down, and in the beginning it did. But because um, we had no choice now but to become leaders, um, what I found with my team was we, we actually became better collaborators, better communicators, better connectors, and our productivity and our performance went up. And how I did that was, you know, I just had a, a morning call with every single member of the team uh, just before the start of the day. Just, just I didn't say anything about the job or what they were doing during the day. It was just... How are you? Um, do you have everything that you need? And is there anything that I can do for you today? And that was basically the whole conversation every single day. And I just let them know that at the end of the call, if you need me today, just call me anytime. Um, don't email me, you know, just in case I'm not in the house or whatever. Just call me straight away and I'll, and I'll answer. You know, and, and that's basically all, all I did. And a lot of the other leaders within the organization did the same thing and sort of followed our lead, followed our team's lead. And we did, we saw our productivity and our performance go up. Well, obviously, and I think, you know, if you think about the pandemic, um, everything was based on fear for real reason mm -hmm. in lots of ways, because Europe, you guys were, you know, well ahead of us and we're like looking at you going, oh yeah, that's Europe. <laughs> and then showing after it came not too long after with us and we start to see the vast amount of numbers. But initially I think everybody was in panic. So they were all coming from a place of fear, which is mm -hmm. what, what you're describing, Tom. And then like, you know, at some point I think people had to recalibrate and say, okay, we're all scared here. But yeah, how yeah. is it that we let you know, which is like you're talking about connection, which is what you did here. This is kind of cruddy for all of us. We're all in this together. Mm -hmm. How is it, you know, how is it that we can join and, you know, kind of figure out what we need to do to be able to start work again. But I think unfortunately there's either the companies that figured it out like you guys did mm -hmm. and other companies that didn't get it, that missed yeah, the mark, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, this was a massive, I mean, you can look at this pandemic as a huge opportunity for us to improve on our leadership and to sort of take care of our people better, you know, to um, treat them better. And, and that's something how, that's how we saw it. I mean, when we go, when, when this pandemic, you know, eventually does, you know, if it will ever come to an end, but, you know, if, if we're all able to go back to the office again and go back to the way things were, I mean, I don't want things to go back to the way things were. I, I want things to... To, to improve from where we are now, you know, I I, I want the, the the collaboration, the the communication that we've got now. I want this to improve. You know, I, I want to still be you know phoning our team up every day, asking them how they are, if there's anything that they need from me. Just make just letting them know that I'm here and I'm present for them. You know, even if it's you know if we're all in the same office again, then the way I'll do that is by just you know going over to a person's desk, asking how they are. Whereas in the beforehand, it was, you know, the only reason you would go over to a pair or someone would come over to my desk was to see what was going on with the job. Right. So I think, you know, and I, when I'm, I've been out of corporate now for 10 years. And at the time, 
that I left, it was still pretty much like that um, in, in, you know, Toronto, Vancouver, lots of bigger nerve centers in yeah. that, um, you know, it was like, yeah, you had these big, you know, like you said, projects you're working on, you're having meetings that are specific to a goal, mm-hmm. right? There was no, how are you doing, Roxanne? <laughs> you know, how's the family and what's new, you know, in your neighborhood? But guess what? We've been flipped over the other way. And there's always been talked about that need for us to connect um, with people. But the pandemic, you know, I would think out of adversity, we've gained a lot of good things. And to your point, we shouldn't go back to the other way. We should bring all the learnings, even if we do kind of a hybrid model between virtual and in office again, and bring Mm -hmm. the skills that we've learned to communicate with us. And this whole element of trust truly um, people have had to learn, even if they had issues of trust prior to the pandemic, mm-hmm. they had to learn how to figure out to, how to develop relatively quickly and, and talk to their kind of shortcomings and develop the skill or say, look, I know I'm not very good at this, but I, I've got to figure it out. And at least they joined with people to be able to kind of work together. I mean, what you just said there, about like saying that, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not used to this yet. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm sort of, still working on, you know, getting better at these, at this leadership or at building trust and stuff like that, or, or um, influencing the team. But if, you, if you're telling your team that, you know, you're sort of making yourself vulnerable to the team, that shows a strength. You know what I mean? That's not, that shows a strength to the team. And that, that actually does build trust. When you, when you show your vulnerability to the team and they're saying, them, well, I don't know something or I need help, you know, they're far more likely to help you. You know, whereas if you before, if you were like, as I say, in my industry, showing vulnerability or saying that you don't know something was a sign of weakness, or was 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 viewed upon as a sign of weakness. When it's actually not, it's a sign of strength. You know, right? You, but I think it took this for us to. You know, we always said that in 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 corporate sectors, but yeah. now what we're realizing, you know, um, is that. If you want people to get creative and take chances, they have to, we talk about, you know, fail till you succeed, but were we really living that? I I don't think so. And now we've been forced to, because we've been failing in lots of different ways through this pandemic. And now people have to know that it's okay to make mistakes so that they will take chances again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, mean, because as you say, it's very it was always written on your on your vision and values boards and in, in the in the in the big corporations that you see on big posters you know like um um learn from failure and all that stuff but actually do you really learn from failure are you allowed to learn you know would your leader or your manager allow you to fail you know right absolutely it's one thing to say it yeah, it's, exactly. it's another thing when you're actually feeling and the response that you get. And unfortunately, what we see with a lot of senior teams, a lot of people aren't being as creative because they're afraid to sit, talk about their shortcomings, which in turn, it, that's a vicious cycle. But if people are able to say, I just screwed that up and, yeah. you know, OK, you know, I'm sharing with you and to get that acknowledgement. Look, we're all human beings. We all make mistakes, but allow people that space so that they can just go on and then some of the most creative things come out of um, people recognizing from mistakes, right? But if you're kind of <laughs> consistently stifling people, then how do they develop the, you know, that capacity? If you're not allowed to fail and, and, and then when you do, you think, oh no, what's gonna happen now? You, 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 you're not gonna learn. You're, you're not gonna, 
see that failure as an opportunity to to learn. You, you're going to either you know make it as an excuse to give up, or you're just going to do nothing, and you're just going to stay exactly where you are. Whereas, as you say, making mistakes and 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 failing at something is is an opportunity to get better at it. You know, like in anything. But as you say, if you, you if your leader is not allowing you to do that, then that's where that fear comes from. The fear factor of of, of failure. So let's talk a little bit about, let's say I'm, I've just been kind of promoted. I'm, I'm a big primary manager and I maybe I have some skills, but I'm, yeah, I'm not so good at it. And I want to get better. I want to eventually kind of create a, a path um, to becoming a leader. What are some of the core fundamental steps that I should be taking or considering taking uh, Tom, to 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 be be in the trajectory to become a leader. The best way I see as improving as a leader is you've got to work on yourself every single day. You know, you've got to work, even if it's just a small thing, or or you know, read books, read leadership books. You know, watch um, leadership videos on YouTube. Um, attend online courses. You know, you can you can look at free online courses. You can see. In paid online courses, mm-hmm. um, seminars, webinars. You do all that you can to develop yourself as a leader. Uh, and then once you've got that knowledge, the, the only thing you can do then is practice. As you say, pra- practice makes perfect. And, you know, you, you don't become a leader by reading books all day, but you can gain the knowledge. And then um, when you go to the workplace or, or even when you're at home, you know, if you've got a family and you've got, you know, you've got a wife or a husband and you've got your children, you can practice leadership skills with your children because at the end of the day, you're your children's leader. You know, there's no difference between being a manager of a team of nine people or being a father of four, boy, four boys or four girls. You know what I mean? The only thing you can do is, is, is gain the knowledge, but then use that knowledge and, and practice it and, and put it into practice because... A lot of companies don't, I mean, there's a lot of companies that do do leadership development, but they only do it for certain people or certain levels. They don't do it for everybody, whereas leadership development should be for absolutely everybody in the company. Because, you know, a leaders, leadership is not a title. It's not a position. It's not a, you know, a, a, a right or, or anything like that. Leadership, everybody in the world can become a leader. We've all got the ability to influence so therefore, we've all got the ability to lead. So, and, and the, the best way to do it is to develop yourself. And I should say is, is to, by part of that development is putting into practice what you learn. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that, right? Because with a lot of my research for my book, I, um, the most connected authentic leaders that I interviewed for the book, what they said is there's no difference from me at home or at work. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes when they were training or, or trying to get better at skill, they would ask their child that maybe they had the most um, kind of uh, contentious relationship with, you know, what is it that they did well? What don't they do well? What could they get better at? And what, mm-hmm. what helped them, you know, to evolve the relationship with that child sometimes becomes a template for them to think about. Um, we, have, we all have employees that we get along with famously because we just have, are insane, but it helped them to grow with the, with the employees that they had sometimes had a different kind of interaction with. So you're so right. We're all, we all lead, right? Whether it's in our home or community, um, you know, wherever we go, we are leading. And if we understand ourselves, 
and what we, you know, and we know what, what we want to, how we want to be led as well, then you're yeah. able to kind of, you know, think if I need that, why doesn't everybody else around me need it? So I think it's, that's a great point. We are leading, uh, I say for, I always say from the time we open our eyes in some capacity till we close them again, we're leading in different roles in our life throughout. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's why, as I say, everybody in, in the workplace needs leadership development and, and personal growth. Um, help with their own personal growth because that's what a leader that's what a leader does is, is that it's their responsibility to grow and develop their people and the best way to do that is to help your, your team grow and help your team develop you know they've, they've got to do most of it by themselves or as the leader you know it's, it's, it's your responsibility to help them and make sure that you know they're on the right path and that they have everything they need and you know and, and that you're you know you're offering your service to them that's exactly what leadership is it's, it's an act of service it's it's you know it's not a a right for, for you to be served by others it's for you to, to serve others and with, with i mean with your own personal growth as i say to, to become a better leader is to develop, develop yourself but also have that leader or that that role model you can aspire to be or, or you know some or one day replace so this is already fascinating. I'm sure you have a lot of people that are thinking, oh boy, I'm managing all the time. I want to be a better leader. Um, or you're probably having even leaders recognizing that maybe how they're stifling some of their managers that mm. maybe can evolve. So where is it um, that people can get a hold of the book, first of all, or even if people are ever wanting to coach or um, have you um, connect with them to help them out, where, tell everyone where they can meet you, Tom. You can go to my website. It's called highlyeffectiveleader.com, um, and you've, there's all my there's uh, all my articles. There's um, all my materials on there. Uh, I've got an on, I've got one online course called the Growth Mindset for Leaders. But I'm actually I'm in the middle of um, developing another eleven online courses. So I'm, so within the next sort of four four to five months, I'll have twelve online courses uploaded. Um, you can get the book from Amazon called Manager to Leader, and the subtitle of the book is How to Become a Highly Effective Leader. Um, and you can go, you can, you can get, get that from Amazon, as I say, or you, you can go to um, a, a site called uh, bookstoread.com. That's books with the number two, read.com. You can get it there if you, if you want an e-book. Um, and you can, you, can, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm uh, Tom Lawrence on LinkedIn. Um, and my YouTube channel is called Leadership and Growth. Um, at the moment, there's about 39 um, videos on leadership, personal growth and influence. Um, and I'll be putting up more videos soon uh, once I've completed my online courses. Awesome. Well, I'm sure they'll be able to find you. Um, so, so what did I learn today? I, you know, I learned that, um, you know, with me talking on leadership all the time, that we should not expect anything from others we're not able to have within ourselves. So as uh, if you are um, a leader and you know that there's gaps or blind spots that you have, you know, focus on what you need to, to be better at those things. And your best audience are the people around you. And if you know things aren't going well with an interaction, 
um, have the capacity or try to develop the capacity to ask uh, the individuals around you, what is it they, that they need different from you? And then that's when you can go back, reflect, think about what you need to develop and come, come forward again. So again, Thank thanks you. so much, Tom, for coming on. Uh, for anyone uh, wanting information, uh, uh, you can reach me at roxandorhodge.com. I speak on authentic leadership and teams. Okay, take care. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxannederhage.com slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.